2 Samuel 16. 2 Samuel 16. Really interesting chapter. There's three really cool stories, but I'm only going to focus on one today, my favorite of the three. So before we get into it, it, it's, it's interesting because if you were here last week or listened to the service last week, Pastor Kyle was talking about patience and dealing with um, all kinds of different things, and, and this kind of is going to go along the same line. But whenever I was a kid, my brother and I used to get into lots of trouble together, okay? Are you surprised? No? Okay. I heard a gasp like, <gasps> no, not you. Um, and nothing crazy, like the, the typical 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old type of trouble that you would get into. My brother and I got into it, but um, my brother would usually get most of the punishment. Um, how many of you are the person that could really, um, I don't know, finesse your way out of punishment? Or, <laughs> or some people, it wasn't so much finesse, it's just throwing the other one under the bus. So how many of you did that? All right, most everybody. Um, and so... I, I, I think my brother and I were a lot like my kids, Billy and AJ. Now, Billy is sweet, but she's super smart. And AJ, he can be sweet sometimes. Um, yeah, talking to you or about you. But a, AJ, he's, he's, he's a, a wrecking ball. How many of you have been around AJ to know he can be a wrecking ball? He's oblivious. He runs into things, whether on purpose or not. And, and my brother, I don't know if he was oblivious like that, but, but I could usually get him in trouble um, when we both, or maybe even only I, deserved the punishment. Um, and, and so here's the situation, and we'll get to the conclusion. You'll see how this ties together. But um, sometimes we get accused of things that maybe we didn't do. How many of you have done that? I, and, and as an adult, I look back at my time as a, as a kid, and I realize sometimes I got in trouble for things that I didn't do, but there were plenty of times when I didn't get in trouble for things that I did do. So as an adult, I can look back, and it's like, well, I think I got off on the better end, because there was a lot of things I didn't get caught doing, because um, I wasn't the clumsy wrecking ball one. I was the sly, get-out-of-trouble type of guy. So um, it, it, you know, God's providence is there, and I, I think there were some times that I got in trouble that didn't deserve, but I, I failed to come clean to my parents, like, hey, this might not apply to this, but it really applied to this. I didn't, like, the one punishment was enough, so. How many of you got the twofer? You got in trouble with your mom when dad got home from work, you got in trouble with your dad? That, that's how I grew up, too, so I tried to minimize um, all of that. Uh, but before we get into the passage, let's do a little background. Um, that's just a fun story to get your attention, but it'll apply later. Uh, before we get to the passage, we find David, he's on the run again. Okay, how many of you know like David was on the run early from King Saul? Like he was on the run, he was hiding in caves, um, he, he, he was just waiting for the time that God would exalt him to be the king. And David is familiar with being on the run um, just because of what I just said about King Saul. Um, this time he was running from his own son, Absalom. Okay, who's familiar with the story of Absalom? Like, pretty, pretty interesting, pretty wild stuff. Um, but he spent, Absalom spent several years posturing and politicking 
and, and stealing the hearts of the people. If you look in back one chapter, 15 verse 6, it says, In this manner did Absalom to Israel that he came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So he was, so David was king, rightfully so, and Absalom came on the scene and he decided that he wanted to do better. He wanted to be the king. He's like, hey, my dad did this wrong. He did this wrong. And there's some things that David did do wrong. But he came and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. And so he began to, to um, run, he like campaigned to be the king. Now, if you know anything, the difference between a you know, representative democracy and a, a monarchy, like that's not how things work. So um, he, he had to do some pretty shady things. Uh, to do that. But he had rebelled against the throne of his father, King David, and Absalom in the end, he stages a coup against the throne and usurps his father's throne. And so David, as his son has taken control of the kingdom, decides his best option is to flee from town and hide out from Absalom and uh, also protecting some innocent lives from being killed in the mess. And so David, in the chapters leading up to this conflict, has been a, in a little bit of a spiritual funk. You know, like he's made lots of mistakes. There's, there's legitimate reasons why Absalom doesn't like what his father's doing or kind of the, the way the kingdom's going. But there's also a lot of uh, wrong that Absalom's doing as well. Um, he's, David's kind of in a spiritual stagnation, which is part of the reason, I believe, for some of all this trouble. You know, God, God saying, hey, you don't want to live right? Then I'm going to bring some things into your life. But now, in the midst of all this turmoil and upheaval, it seems that he's come back to kind of his old spiritual self. Like, he's, he's kind of got his senses knocked back into him, and a new fire has been kindled, and it seems to be, he seems to be turning the corner and kind of has some new spiritual energy. And so this is where we come to our passage in 2 Samuel 16, and we'll begin in verse 5 if you want to read with me in your own Bible as the words are going to be up on the screen. And it says, And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, or Shimei. I've heard several people say it several different ways. I like Shimei. The, the son of Gera. He came forth and he cursed still as he came, as David and his, his entourage came. And he cast stones at David, and at the servants of the king of David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and his left. And thus Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken into thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man." Then Abishai, I like Abishai, then Abishai, the son of Zariah, un, uh, said unto the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Pretty zealous, don't you think? Like, I just want to lop it off. And the king says, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all of his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth uh, of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjaminite do it? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look upon mine affliction, and that the Lord will requite me 
good for his cursing this day. And David and his men went by the way. Shimei went along the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Let's go ahead and pray and then we'll jump into things here. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, interesting stories that we can learn from. And I pray that you will um, allow me to be used to highlight some of these things that we can learn out of this fun uh, passage of the Bible. Lord, I pray you be with Pastor Kyle as he's away. Give him uh, just your power as he preaches over there in Victor, Montana. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's a pretty funny scene when you think about it. Um, there's this wild man taunting, cursing, throwing rocks, kicking up dust, and causing a big scene. Shimei is letting David have it with both barrels. He's, he's really giving it to him. Um, so much so that David's men had to circle around him. It says that they stood on his right hand and on his left, and they, they kind of are standing around him to protect him from all of the, the verbal and physical assault that Shimei is, is sending David's way. Um, I picture this, this scene from, I like movies, okay? Movies are fun. How many of you ever seen The Princess Bride? Anyone? Has anyone not seen The Princess Bride? If you haven't, then you're missing out. I promise you. Go home and I was going to say go rent it, but I don't think you'll find a blockbuster anywhere. Um, <laughs> but you know, whenever uh, I think the, the queen or Princess Buttercup is having a dream and she's being presented as the queen and then there's an old lady saying, boo, boo, you queen of slime or whatever she's saying. Like, I, I, yeah, she knows. The queen of filth. I, I picture her or maybe... Monty Python, Search for the Holy Grail. The, the, the French guy on top of the wall that's like, go away or I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> Anybody? No? You're just laughing at my horrible accent. <laughs> Going back a little bit further, the Muppets. Remember the two guys on the balcony? They're sitting there talking about things like, um, yeah. I, like, I, I, I imagine kind of a conglomeration of all those people um, just taunting David, you know? And it's funny when you think about it in hindsight, but it's, it's pretty serious um, at the time. Uh, this, this taunting Shimei was a Benjaminite. He came from the, the king of Saul's tribe. Um, there's a family relation there. And his cursing and accusing of David of being a man of blood and a murderer, okay? He's not talking about Uriah, He's not talking about the husband of Bathsheba, the, wo- the woman that he cheated on Uriah with and ended up having him sent off to battle to be killed. Where he's, in that sense, David was a murderer and he was wrong, but David, he wasn't talking about, he was, he was talking about the rumors that had spread whenever um, Saul and uh, who else, I think I wrote down some names in here, uh, but Saul and some of those people that he was blaming David for the death of those men and by doing so becoming king instead of Saul because Saul was reigning and then uh, David was anointed as king and he was waiting for his turn. And, and, but there was rumor spreading that David was responsible for Saul's death. But I think the scripture goes through um, a quite, he, the scripture details it in very, Big detail that David was nowhere near that situation, but there were still rumors spreading 
that David was responsible for the death. And so Shimei was angry that his relative was killed, and he thought that David was the one responsible for it. And David had nothing to do with that. Um, Not only did Shimei accuse David of being a murderer, um, in verse 7 he called him a man of Belial. Okay, that might not mean a lot to us. But what that means is he basically called him a worthless human being. A waste of human flesh is what Shimei was calling David. This nobody was telling the king that you're worthless. Um, It's a pretty severe insult man to man to say, hey, you're worthless. You can't do anything, you know. Us men, we like to, like, I can do things. I can pick up heavy objects, I can make things, I can shoot things, I can kill things, I can cook things, you know, if it's chili or deer or elk or something. Uh, we, we, like to, we like to have value. And, and Shimei tells him, like, you're worthless, King David. I don't care if you're wearing a crown or, or whatever. Like, you're, you're a worthless human being, and this is severe. And, and culturally then, it was even more than now. And speaking like this to the king... It, like, it's punishable by death. You know, I, I know in some monarchies, even approaching the king without permission could be punishable by death. Not to mention, if you're throwing rocks, spitting, cursing, causing a scene, kicking up dust, and, and just calling names and accusing people, or accusing the king, and, um, like, that's a pretty big ordeal, a, a big deal there. And... I like Abishai. Abishai is one of David's mighty men, and I like him. Um, And I love the zeal of Abishai, and he had had enough. And in verse 9, Abishai says, like, uh, Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray you, and take his head off. Like, he's like, All right, David, can I go take care of him, please? You know, how, how, how many of you, uh, we, were at a, we were at a ball game just this weekend. Uh, I was over in Chicago for some work, and, and interesting people show up in the bleachers at a ball game. You know, and we, we, we saw some actually escorted by security and stuff, but not in this situation, but other times in a ball game, like I've seen people try to get into it. You know, with some liquid courage is involved, and there's some, there's some, you know, Rangers versus the Yankees or something like that. And, and I've seen people, you know, like, hey, hold me back. I'm going to take this guy out, you know. And, and I can see Abishai like, King, can you please let me take care of this? Because not, not, only, not only is um, uh, Shimei cursing and throwing rocks and causing a scene, but they're all there in a big group. I bet you they're getting pelted by rocks and they're, you know, wiping spit off of their face. And they're just like, come on, let, let me take care of this guy. You know, can you, can you feel for Abishai on this one? You know, um, and I've been in situations where, you know, there's somebody that's being not so nice to my mom. You know, and it took a lot of, you know, not a courage, a lot of restraint for me to just leave things alone to, you know, to, you know, at least try to do something. I'm not saying I'm the strongest guy in the world, but um, I can make a mess going down. Um, and so, Abishai says, Let's, let, let me just take care of this. Now, look what David says in verse 10. You know, and, and this is not going to be a long message. I'm nearly halfway done with my notes. But look what David says in verse 10. And the king said, What have I to do with, ye, uh, with you, ye son of Zariah? 
So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall say then, Wherefore hast thou done so? So while Abishai had every right to exact corporal punishment on Shimei, lop his head off, David's response was incredibly remarkable. David says that while what he is accusing of me is false, I'm not totally blameless in this situation. He's like, he may be wrong, but he's not completely wrong. He's not too far off. Um, I'm not totally blameless here. I may not have murdered Saul or the others in that group, but I'm still a murderer. Um, I'm reading between the lines here. It may be that God has put him here to send me a message. And maybe the providence of God has placed this crazy man in our path to get through our hard, self-righteous hearts and show us something or to teach us something. That's what I envision was behind uh, David's heart in this situation. Now, you know, church, God does things like this sometimes in our lives. You know, he'll, he'll bring something in our path just to snap us out of what we're doing or maybe what we're not doing. Um, God puts things or sometimes he even allows evil and harmful things in our lives to get our attention and to teach us some things. That's how God operates sometimes. He's done that since nearly the beginning uh, when Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery out of jealousy. Do you think that was just all bad? Because pretty re- how would you like to be sold into slavery by a relative of yours? That's, that's pretty rough. But somehow God redeemed that situation. Um, when, when Joseph's brother sold him into slavery out of jealousy, Joseph had the same attitude that David had in our passage. Look what, look what Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20. It says, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass, as it was this day, to save much people alive. So even though... Even though Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, fast forward a few years, he's saving an entire people out of bondage. You know, he, he's, he's, he was able to bless, it, it, talk about funny situations, you know, when you read about Joseph and, you know, he's kind of playing tricks on his brothers as they're coming for corn and the famine and he send them back and he put the money back in the bag and they get there and it's like, oh my goodness, they're going to think we stole all this and they have to come back and then, you know, it, it's just funny just the way God and even Joseph worked in that situation. But, you know, David, David's on the receiving end of all of this slander and cursing and spitting and rocks being thrown and just causing a scene. It just, it just looks bad. He's already fleeing. He's already on the road. Like, he's, he's running from his own son that has taken his, his um, throne from him and is, is usurping that throne. And then just out in public in front of everyone, there's this madman Probably didn't have a French accent like Monty Python, but he's just like throwing stuff and then just verbally and physically assaulting. Like it just looks bad. But somehow David recognizes um, what's really happening. David recognizes this and says in verse 12, it may be that the Lord will look upon mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. David decides to let him live. And to wait and see what happens. I don't think David's 100% sure that God sent Shimei there. But at the same time, he's like, well, what if he is? 
What if, what if God is sending this lunatic, this, this foaming at the mouth lunatic, I'm just adding some color here, like I just, I just see this weird guy. I, I imagine like the maniac of Gadara and they, they could be related somehow, like just this weirdo. And he, he decides to wait and see what happens. And David's stance is that if this is the Lord's will, that we and I will be benefit. And if not, God can sort it out. God can figure it out. And that's, and that's what they did. They went along in their way, and they left Shimei alone to do what he was wanting to do. If we look at verses 13 and 14, it says, And David and his, his men went by the way. Shimei went along the hillside over against him and cursed him as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him, they came weary, and they refreshed themselves there. Now imagine the scene, David and his men just trudging along, and this madman following along behind, yelling, spitting, all the things that we had mentioned before. And he just keeps doing it until he gets tired, and the dust is kicked up, and it's so thick that they just kind of part ways, and they disappear I can see David's men just gritting their teeth, like just caged rage, like getting hit in the back of the head with these rocks and just, just, just hearing it, like just this incessant, like, you know, taunting and accusing. And, you know, David's mighty men, you know, they, they weren't the politics. They were the brute force, you know, and they just, I could just see them. And they, they just wanted to unleash their swords against this guy. And David is just constantly like, it's okay, guys. Just, just keep moving. Just ignore him. This might be the Lord talking to us. Just leave him alone as they just walk off into the sunset, so to speak. Now, David seems to be getting it right here. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. David's taking an honest look at himself in humility. And he's realizing that this guy might be right. But he's, he, he, he might not be 100% right, but he's not wrong either. David is realizing that perhaps while well, this wild lunatic has been placed here to remind him of his weaknesses and his faults, this guy is wrong in so many ways. He's not approaching him with the respect that a king deserves. He's not going through the proper channels. He doesn't even have his facts straight, but he may still have a point. And in the heat of the moment, when others want to draw their swords, David has enough composure and grace in his heart to place us in the hands of God for God to sort it all out. You know, it's, it's easy for us to try to take things into our own hands. You know, when we don't understand something or there's some obstacle, there's some trouble in our way, it's easy to just take it on. It's often we, we take on this righteous indignation, this, this holy fervor to defend ourselves and our name against, you know, what might be false accusations. I mean, I've been falsely accused before, and I'm not even talking about getting in trouble as a kid. I've been accused of stuff I didn't do before, but I, I, I probably didn't handle it right. We, we love to be right, don't we? 
Like we, we like to have our high ground and, and believe it, you know. And we, you, you, you should totally come to Sunday school sometime because between Pastor and I, we always point over here. And it's like we talked about it this morning, you know. You should get the, the, pre, the pregame show. Uh, we like to take the, the, the spiritual or the political or even the sports high ground. You know, my team's better than yours. And we just put everyone else down, and we, we, we think we're right, and we just we go at it, whether it's face-to-face, but especially on social media and things like that, where we can't see somebody face-to-face. It's easy to just send, you know? And you might be right. Like, honestly, you might be right. But there's so many times where I was right, but I said something I shouldn't have. You know, there's so many times where I, like... You know, I could go back to chapter and verse about something, about something or other, and I, I just give it to them both barrels. I'm, you know, like that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing behind a little screen or a keyboard. You know, that's what I'm doing is I'm taking it into my own hands and I'm jumping in a fight that's not even my fight. Um, it's funny whenever you, you're kind of scrolling and you see somebody and it's your buddy or coworker or whatever, and it's like, oh, he's right. And you just jump in and, you know, attack, you know, attack away. Or my favorite way to do it is I post the, the little gif of the guy eating popcorn. Just like, I'm just here for the show, you know. And that's not, that's not constructive either. But, it, it, you know, it's funny, but that's what we do. We, some, there's a Shimei lobbing rocks at us, and we just like, we get all, you know, uh, just worked up. And it's like, I've got to do something about this. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. In the, in the heat of the moment, David had enough composure and grace in his heart to place this all in the hands of God to sort it out. I... I pray that I can work on having that kind of grace in the face of being pelted with rocks and dust and spit and cursings and accusations that I can step back in the heat of the moment and just say, hey, God's got this. Like, I don't, like, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Not vengeance is Isaac's. Even though we may be right, objectively so. And even if we're, you know, 99% sure that we're right. Like, sometimes it's not our job to pull our swords out and lop the guy's head off. That's not our job. Um, we, don't like, we don't like to give God the control and the opportunity to let things work out according to his sovereign plan. Sometimes, like Abishai, we want to just act on behalf of someone else and see, you know, I, I mentioned that before. I just kind of got ahead of myself. We see somebody in an argument, and we just want to jump in there and keyboard warrior it out. Um, but how often do we have the grace and composure and just spirituality even just to walk away? You know, you, there's probably other things you can be doing besides working out your thumb, scrolling along. You know, there, there's probably dishes or the lawn to be mowed or something that, that, that you need to do or, you know, hanging out with your kids instead of just scrolling along. I'm sad to say that in the past and probably even more recently than the past, like, I don't always have that kind of grace. And this is as much to me as it is to you that we should 
Sometimes when God brings these situations in our life, just let God have it. Let God, let God do his thing and then figure out whatever God's trying to tell you. You know, nobody's perfect. Surprise. Understatement of the year. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Pastor Kyle's not perfect. Hi, Pastor Kyle. I know he'll agree when he's watching this later. There's so many things that are in our life that God wants to shine the flashlight on and say, hey, Isaac, you need more patience. You know, hey, insert your name. You need more grace. Hey, you, you need to love people better. Whatever, whatever it is, you, you, need to, you need to volunteer where you've been avoiding it. You, you, you need to help that person where you see a need and you have the ability. Like, there's so many different places in our life where God wants to shine a spotlight and say, hey, this needs work. This needs improvement. You know, and many, many times we're just blind to it. And so whenever God brings a shimei in your life to point that out, I encourage you, just instead of drawing your sword, just take a breath, you know? Think about it. Like, what, God, what are, you, what are you showing me? I didn't do that. He's accusing me that I didn't do that. But I didn't caught for, get caught for this thing. You know, there, there's something in your heart that God's probably trying to show you. And even, like... David wasn't 100% sure that Shimei was there by God's request, you know. Probably was, might not have been, I don't know. It's not clear. But even if there's a situation that's causing you turmoil and causing you strife and anger, and it's not from God, there still might be something that you need to look into, regardless, because we're not perfect, right? There's something wrong that needs to be fixed. Use that as an opportunity to say, hey, Isaac... (coughs) What's going on here? What, like, let me step back and do a little assessment and figure out what's going on. So I pray that this message is an encouragement to just take a breath, step back. You might be going through something right now that you don't know what, like, you don't know why it's here. Like, you know, there was one time I came to a head and, and I'm just like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Why are you bringing this in my life? You know, it's such a self-righteous thing to say. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's like, well, Isaac, are you sure about that? Like, you, like, you might not be an alcoholic, or you might not be a murderer, or you might, like, insert whatever big sin is, but there's plenty deep down inside here that needs to be fixed. You know, just take a second, self-assess. Um, you know, some, sometimes in, in that particular instance, I think God was telling me, he's like, you may not be doing anything big, but there's some things that maybe you're not doing. You know, and so um, I'm at the end of my notes, and I'm just trying to be an encouragement with you guys that trouble's going to come our way. It's it's a matter of fact. It's life. Stuff's going to come our way. Are we going to just ignore it? Are we just going to try to handle it on our own? Or are we going to take the message that God is trying to bring into your life? as a result of whatever that Shimei is in your life. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Heavenly Father, 